I love the season. I love what the Lord does during the season. Uh, it is it kind of exciting uh, for us to have our children back home and uh, Felicia and Lauren and Malachi show up. But Malachi's 12 now. He turns 13 in March. Do you see the tear in my eye right there? I mean, it's just... I mean, yesterday he was just here as two years old, but we do have a two-year-old granddaughter now, and we're kind of excited about that. Uh, So it's going to be a pretty crazy season, especially for those of you who have preschoolers, it's going to be super crazy, and we pray blessings on you during this season. However, I want us to focus on just the idea, the concept today of a season of saving. We often say it's the Christmas season. Somebody shout, it's the saving season. No, you didn't say it. You didn't shout it. Come on, shout it. It's the saving season. It's the saving season. And I have some really clear focus on this. I was thinking, uh, how many know Christmas songs? Does anybody know a Christmas song? How many have turned your Christmas radio on, on yet? Anybody listen to Christmas music? How many have not listened to a Christmas song yet? Anybody? Okay, we got to fix that. All right. There is one Christmas song. Anybody know Oh Holy Night? Anybody heard that? Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world. In sin and error pining Till he appears And the soul felt his worth You're doing good. Next few lines. The thrill of hope. Just stop right there. Okay, you've done enough. All right? I really... I, 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 this is the first Sunday of Advent. Somebody say hope. Hope. So just hope. I want us to focus on that. I want us to look at some scripture And uh, we're going to talk about hope this morning, but I also want to set the foundation for this month. Let's look at the scripture uh, in Matthew 1 and 21. Read that with me. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will. He will what? I'm so glad the angel spoke this to Joseph. Christmas is all about saving, isn't it? I mean, uh, because that's one of the reasons you got up early on Friday and started shopping. You're not with me this morning. Look at the person next to you and tell them, wake up, wake up, okay? Because you wanted to save some money, right? Uh, How many have ever saved money? Has anybody ever saved, all right? How many would like to save money in 2020? Would anybody like to save some money? You see, we don't understand savings because saving is money I don't have to spend. And that's a problem. But in the end, it seems that the money ends up gone anyway. And the crisis of never having enough seems to prevail. I think maybe what we ought to do is begin by focusing on Jesus. Because I don't know that we understand the word saving But the word saving is the language of the Bible. From Genesis through Revelation, we find that our God is a saving God. Uh, Now, in the Old Testament, we hear about saving. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, here's the verse saving. 
the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Look at this. The breath of life. Do you see what's going on? He's bringing him to life. He's just, he's just a man formed out of the dust of the earth, but then God breathed into him. Now, here's something that I would like to suggest to you. All right. Was the man moving around before God breathed into him? I don't know that that's true. I think he may have been already moving around. I think he may have. God didn't breathe into chickens and they were moving around. He didn't breathe into fish and they were moving around. God created all of them. Am I right? But when God breathed into him, he was made whole. Can I get an amen from somebody? He breathed into him and he became a living being. Another scripture says a living soul. How many have ever walked around but your soul wasn't walking with you? How many have ever done that? Have you ever like, I think I'm alive, but I'm not necessarily sure that I'm alive. I want my heart to be well. I want to be a living soul. In Genesis chapter 2 and 9 the Bible says that there was a tree called the tree of life and the tree of life was in the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, when you look at those two places, it's either I can live by the life that God has given me or, and basically this is what happens in Genesis 2, in Genesis 2 they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and out of that, basically what they chose was Satan over God. They chose their way rather than God's way. I'll take care of my own soul because I know what I want and I know what makes me feel good. How many would prefer to eat of the tree of life? Anybody? And that's why we're here today. We're partaking of life. Genesis 45 and 7. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. How many know God wants to save man? Does anybody know that? He wants to give you a deliverance and to save our lives. Now, really what I'm saying is that if you go through a whole, the, the word of God, specifically in the Old Testament, the word for saving is the word for giving life is what it is, to give life. So in the Old Testament, when you hear to give life, to save, that scripture to save, the word to save, the word to give life, is a Hebrew word that you're going to really like, okay? Uh, somewhere there's a Hebrew word. There it is. Uh, it's hayah, okay? So it's really hard for you to pronounce because you want to pronounce it chayah. It almost comes off country like chayah, kind of like that. But really, if it, the, the, the CH sound is a deep H sound that comes deep. Ha, ha. In fact... It's not really chaya at all. It is haya. You didn't hear me. Somebody shout haya. It, it, it's sort of like a karate word, haya, you know? But it's also that, that feeling of anybody ever felt God lift you haya? Anybody ever been there? Somebody shout haya, haya, haya. Come on, shout it. Haya, haya. It is to revive, to keep alive. Uh, to keep alive, uh, well, uh, go back to that other, I, I lost that, there we go, to revive, to keep alive, to nourish, to preserve, to quicken, to recover, to repair, restore, and to save. Now somebody shout hiya, if you would, shout hiya, 
So uh, our understanding is, is that when God lifts us higher, he makes us whole. It sounds like where God is taking us. How many would like 2020 to be higher than 2019? Anybody there with me? So this is the message of our text. Again, go, you can go on to that next slide if you want, brother. Uh, higher, higher. Somebody shout it. Lift Jesus higher and Lord come and lift me higher. So in Matthew 1 and 21, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, Mary will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, as the angel of the Lord is visiting Joseph, Joseph is in great agony. He's contemplating what to do about this virgin girl who is his betrothed, whom he trusts with all his heart, yet he is now challenged by her pregnancy. Joseph knows the prophecies of Scripture. He has heard a thousand times from his youth the words of the prophet Isaiah. Constantly in going to synagogue, there are certain Scriptures that have been uh, rehearsed over and over, and among them is the Torah and the prophets. Isaiah's prophecy, which was given during the days of Ahaz, a, a king who really needed a greater revelation of God, who was testing the Lord, and the Lord explains that in time, the Lord will, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10, the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, the virgin. Anybody ever heard that word, virgin? It's almost, uh, it's kind of a funny word these days. Oh, virgin. You know, and then years ago, back in the 80s, Madonna sang a song about a virgin that she shouldn't have sang. And uh, I'm preaching. And so uh, the word virgin is a deep word. It is, in Hebrew, it would be called the Alma, or the hidden one. Uh, the hidden one means, it's a term used for a Jewish girl, a maiden, who was protected from being touched by all men until at such time as she would marry. She was absolutely pure, according to their culture. She wasn't like... We ask one another, so are you a virgin? Are you a virgin? How do you know? This girl was prepared as a virgin. She was protected as a virgin. Everybody who knew Mary knew there's no way she's anything but an Alma, a virgin, a protected one. But, the, but, but Moses, or excuse me, uh, Joseph hears this but somehow this maiden who was protected from all men until such time as she would marry, Mary is found to be pregnant. But she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Somebody praise God. Now what position does that put her betrothed in? Joseph is now in a position of being hopeless. He doesn't know what to do. But he hears this call from the angel of the Lord. She shall bring forth the son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He will what? 
He will save his people from their sins. So the sign is a dramatic one. Isaiah said similarly the same thing. He would be Emmanuel, God with us. And his name would be, here his name would be Jesus. And he would save mankind from their broken condition. The broken condition is sin. Our birthing curse is sin. We are born into brokenness. We are born into a curse. But it is the word to save that calls our attention. In, in Hebrew, it is haya. Somebody shout haya. In the Greek, we hear it over and over again, 150 times in the New Testament to save. You will be saved. And it is in Matthew 121, he will save his people. It is the word sozo. Say it, sozo. To save, deliver, heal, preserve, to make whole. And, and, and if you want to know what we're talking about, in, in theology we say there's a law called the law of first mention. So I already took you back in the law of first mention where we see the same word, where we say haya. It is the word sozo in the Greek that it is the great message he didn't come just to be born in a manger. He didn't come just so the wise men would show up. He came so that you would be saved, delivered, preserved, and to be made completely whole. Amen. That's his gift. So let me ask you, what do you want for Christmas? Do you see one of the kids had a massive list? It's the great message of Jesus when we ask, what do we want? You know, as a child, anybody remember wanting toys when you were a kid? Anybody remember that? I just want a toy for Christmas, a, a particular toy. And then as parents, it's like, I just don't want my kids to be disappointed on Christmas morning. So sometimes you spend more money than you should. Or you call their grandparents and say, hey, could you buy this? You know, something like that. I don't know how that works. But, uh, uh, but Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift. And he is also the greatest Christmas giver. He is the gift. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. And his work is to save us. And that's what we're here to celebrate today. The greatest Christmas gift of all. But also what that means to us. And you will notice that one of the candles is burning this morning. It's the candle of hope. We're in the season of Advent. And some of us Protestant evangelicals don't know what in the world it is. Why do you celebrate Advent? We celebrate Christmas around here. We're evangelical Christians. I think sometimes we so disconnect ourselves from our history that it's frightening. And also, how many just, you don't like it when, say, uh, your culture takes over your spiritual celebration? It's like, uh, can I have my cup of coffee over there, my love? Uh, it's in there, so... I don't know what you want, but uh, I made myself a Christmas mug. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Anybody have coffee? Could I get, a, get an amen from somebody? Where's, where's your coffee at? Come on, give me a, hold that coffee up in the air. All right. So what did you put in your coffee? Okay, all right. Coffee, just coffee, all right. So uh, let's say that this, is my Christmas. All right? Uh, what are you going to put in your Christmas this year? What are you going to put in it? What are you going to allow to be put in it? 
Some people are really careful about what they put in it. I um, was, I, I, somebody caught me on a survey the other day. Anybody take a survey like on, online? And the survey was, what are the songs that you really like for Christmas? And 87% of them said songs that don't talk about Jesus. The, the total on the survey, uh, only 4% said that they preferred songs about Jesus during the season of Christmas. And I just wanted to slap my computer. Anybody ever wanted to do that? I just wanted to slap it, but I realized it wasn't the computer's fault. I think we need to make our own decisions. I mean, Diana found this the other day. It's called Delight. Anybody ever had any of this? International Delight. It's white chocolate raspberry delight. And, and I've kept this refrigerated. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. You see, you, some of you wonder why your Christmas is so less than delightful. And I'm asking you, well, what did you put in it? Amen. What did you put in it? Well, you know, enough toys won't make it delightful. Amen. We need to understand that historically... This season is even more than just about the birth of Jesus Christ. The church, the early church of the Lord Jesus embraced this time of the year. Not so that you would just have pretty candles and lights and you would sing uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, I'm not here to punch Santa in the face. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm saying is if we could just have more of Jesus... It would make our season more of what God intends for it to be. Can I get an amen from somebody? All right, let me put this over here before I spill something. Thank you, dear. Advent. Somebody say Advent. Advent. So I want you to know what Advent is about. Advent is not just about the manger. Advent was a season that was set aside by early Christians to talk about, one, the celebration of the incarnation. Somebody say incarnation. Because I don't know that we know what incarnation is. God came in the flesh. Who came? So who is Jesus? So you need to know who Jesus is. But it was also a season to prepare baptism, the baptism of believers. To prepare believers for baptism. How many have ever done something just ceremonially? Anybody ever done something ceremonially? Christmas is not about baptism. Christmas is about ice skating. No. I think sometimes we're more, we do a lot of ice skating across our baptisms. It's like I'm going to get baptized so that at least everybody who knows me knows that I'm a Christian. Have you been, are you a Christian? Well, I've been baptized. I'm not asking whether or not you went into some water and got wet. I'm asking you whether or not you died with Christ and rose again with him. So, It is about discipleship and the big deal. Somebody say Advent. The big deal of the early Christians was to focus on the second coming of the Lord Jesus. So they used this particular season to look for this reality that Jesus Christ, who was born, died on a cross, rose again, ascended into heaven, sent the spirit of Christ to dwell within us. And he is also coming back again. And now that's a bigger topic than some people realize. You want me to go here? See, I believe 
that these are statements of discipleship. And during the season, we need to correct our false beliefs and learn to put our faith in Christ and, and, and back into the doctrine of the apostles. And I believe we need to embrace. You want this? Embrace the second coming of our Lord Jesus. So in our homes, let me give you some practical ideas. Maybe what we should be doing is lighting candles, celebrating that the light has come into the world. Maybe you should light candles. Maybe you should put your own Advent candles up. And maybe you should pray all week long. I know I've taught you this. And I know many of you, some of you embrace it, some of you don't. But we light candles every morning and spend time praying, focusing on the Lord Jesus and what he wants to do in our life. I promise you. Anybody married in this room? I promise you, if you'll start praying together, your marriage will get better. Well, we don't have time to pray. I hear you whining, but I'm not paying attention to it right now. Pray together. Somebody shout it. Pray together. Pray with your children together. Light candles. Why is that? Why is that purple candle on the middle of our table this morning, Mommy? Because before you go to school... We're going to call on the Lord Jesus and we're going to pray and we're going to give thanks for him in our life for coming, but also celebrating that one day he's coming back again. That's not Christmas. Come on. I'm not telling you to throw your elves on the shelves in the trash. I'm just saying, fill your cup with something more. See, the amens are really sparse this morning. We need to pray and we need to be healed. And we need to be changed. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our homes. Somebody say it. Invite the Holy Spirit into our homes. Talk about Jesus together. Like candles with your family. With your co-workers. I'm single. you got some friends. But go ahead and light the candle. Go ahead and begin to pray in your own house. Talk about Jesus in the church. Let's disciple people this year. Let's baptize people this year. Let's prepare this season for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my purpose is for us all to be saved, to be holy, to be filled with hope, to be filled with love, with joy and peace. My purpose is also for us to deal with those who are struggling with hopelessness. Uh, How many have ever felt hopeless before? Just to kind of give you some situations. Here's some of the uh, versions of hopelessness. Hopelessness. uh, Alienation. Feeling like you're no longer worthy to be loved. Uh, People who are alienated uh, close themselves off from other people for fear of pain and rejection. Uh, Forsakenness. It's a sense of abandonment. You can have that uh, from a childhood, uh, from childhood wounds. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say abandonment? You can have that in your life. And some of you might understand that somebody's left you. Uh, but the sense of abandonment uh, is, is that sense of I really needed them and they left me. To feel uninspired. To feel uninspired is to feel inadequate. Uh, To feel like you have no sense of possibility. Powerlessness, the belief of being incapable of navigating one's way towards desired goals. It's like, yes, I want to see this happen in my life, but I don't see a way to do it. 
Uh, oppression. How many have ever felt oppressed before? Anybody ever felt oppressed? It's an overwhelming sense of being crushed by the pressure of the world. Limitedness. Believing oneself to be deficient and lacking in the right stuff to make it in this world. Or a general sense of doom. The form, this form of despair uh, presumes that my life is basically over and death is imminent. Captivity. Captivity. Prisoners usually fall into this category as well as those who help, uh, who hold captivity in, in their own lives or feel like you're being held captivity because of individuals that you're connected to who are controlling or you're in an abusive relationship. Helplessness. Uh, helpless individuals no longer believe that they can live safely in the world. Now, those are different statements. I taught you this past year that we are in a highly populated universe. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about people. I'm saying that the enemy came to kill and to steal and to destroy. And I would say that sometimes there is a spirit of alienation or forsakenness or uninspired or powerlessness or certainly oppression or captivity. But the Lord Jesus, interestingly, came in order to set us free. So today, I want to speak to you about how Jesus came to bring hope. Look in Isaiah 61 and verse 1. The Spirit, read it with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And it interests me that the Lord Jesus actually repeated this statement at the beginning of his ministry and said, this is fulfilled in your hearing today. Amen. So let's talk about a better hope. A better hope. Jesus said in Luke 21, now when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Advent is intended to prepare us for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Apostle Paul writes about the resurrection of Christ and says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. In this life only we have, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Did you hear what he said? Wait, I have hope in Christ. Jesus came. He died on the cross. And he rose again and he went to heaven. I, I'm saved. I gave my life to Jesus. How many have ever met a miserable Christian before? Do you realize that just the reality that one day you will die, even though you're a Christian, can bring about hopelessness to you? Do you understand that? Do you receive that? I'm telling you that Paul... The apostle says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. There is a greater hope. See, these are the scriptures that our Christian forefathers called us to on the first Sunday of Advent. Because we need a real hope. We need a better hope. Some of you are already upset. You know, this isn't a, Christian, this isn't a Christmas scripture and it's already December. But please, Pastor, make me feel better. But first of all, I might say, this is appropriate. Personally, I have been overwhelmed 
with the clear absence of Jesus from the season already. Anybody else? I went to as many stores as I possibly could looking and online looking for items about Jesus. I went to Walmart and looked. I, I even went to Hobby Lobby. I went to Michael's and I went to Joann's, Kirkland's. I went to all of these places that specialize in Christmas. I found a few things at Hobby Lobby, but you had to really uncover everything else. Am I getting a yes or an amen from somebody? In order to find Jesus. And again, I'm not trying to punch Santa in the face, but we desperately need to embrace Jesus and who he is. Why? Because we are living in a world that is consumed with hopelessness. One more Santa Claus is not going to fix what's broken in the world. We need Jesus. We're struggling with toxic hopelessness. And we've got to address it. You see, the world and this life, here's some news. The world and this life is passing away. There will be a day when none of this exists. Amen. Now, I know, I know, we, we prefer Jesus to be the exemplary moral teacher who gives us hints on life. We want Jesus to be Tony Robbins. That's who we want Jesus to be. However, on the first Sunday of Advent, Jesus is basically saying, don't put all your Christmas cookies in one box. I like that. In Luke 20, in, in Luke 21, the disciples ask Jesus to give them a few words before he heads up to Jerusalem. And so Jesus sits down with them and says, okay, Here's the truth. Before I leave, I'm not there quite yet. Uh, but yes, go ahead, go ahead, go on there, go on there. But, but he's saying, when I leave, look at, look at this marvelous temple. So he looks at this marvelous temple, this building, where the Holy of Holies has been. And he says, I want you to look at this beautiful temple where all of Jerusalem has gathered around. And I want you to know God is going to completely dismantle it. Okay? God is going to completely dismantle it. Not one stone will stand on the other. And then, and, and then Jesus, Jesus basically is saying, God is not only in the construction business, He's also in the demolition business. See? It's Christmas, Pastor. And I know that sounds horrible. And as, as a minister... As a Christian, I like to help bring about continuity and help you keep your life in order. But I need to tell you that things are changing. So Jesus says there will be a time of dramatic. Do you want to hear this? Dramatic destabilization. So here's the news. Our hope is only in Jesus. Amen. My hope is in who? My hope is in Jesus. In Luke 21, this is what Jesus says. There will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and, in the, and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, I know you see this as purely an apocalyptic scripture, but perhaps you don't even know what apocalypse means. 
Because the word apocalypse, you think it means destruction. The word apocalypse means great unveiling. There are things that you don't understand. For, for instance, at this season, you may completely lose your focus because it's football season. Amen. Who enjoys football besides me? Anybody? Amen. I'm wearing my Ohio State Buckeyes colors today. I, after that great win over, uh, what's that team up north? And uh, I also uh, like to follow some of those guys as they grow and they get in the NFL. Like, where's, where are the Redskins fans in the house? Any Redskins fans in the house? My Lord. Uh, my Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Okay, so here, here's the thing. So one of the quarterbacks from Ohio State, played one year with Ohio State, got drafted to the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins. All right? So that's the reason that I would watch the Redskins games, okay? And uh, I'm sorry, don't throw things at me. Uh, but they won last week. Did anybody hear about this? They won. And Dwayne played the whole game except for the last play of the game because he, he was taking selfies with fans. He was. So there are pictures of Dwayne standing out by, by some fans. I didn't even know the Redskins had any fans left. I didn't know that, but... That hurt, didn't it? See? Shame, Pastor Rick. Shame, shame. You, you, listen. Notice that during the season, we can get so caught up that we can miss the game. We'll miss the last play. Somebody shout last play. We'll miss the last play because we've got some fans. And as much as I love my buddy Dwayne Haskins, who I've never met before, but he think, he doesn't know it, but we're friends. But as much as I care about him, we need to be careful that we're not so busy being full of ourselves. Amen. People looking around saying, where are they? The game isn't over yet. So during Christmas season, we can become so materialistic. We can lose our focus on what really matters. And hope, you know what hope is? Hope is joyful expectation. Here's what I found historically. People fail. Nations fail. Governments fail. Anybody read history before? How many know that? You think, well, United States, you know, we got this thing. We're, listen, we're not that old of a nation. We shouldn't be so full of ourselves. We really need Jesus in our country. And, and so... We need something that we can count on. The Apostle Peter gives us this great understanding in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says this, All flesh, 1 and 24, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower fades away, falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. So, and we fade away, but what stays forever? The word of the Lord. Now, in order to understand this, though, you need to read the rest. Right, now, I have this understanding that, all, that, that man fades away. Now, look back at verse 17 in 1 Peter. I want you to now brace yourself. Okay, what am I going to do about this? Peter writes this. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. Amen. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. 
For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Anybody want the word of God? Anybody want that? So, wait a minute. God doesn't have favorites. So we all need to live our lives realizing that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Anybody with me on this? Verse 21, he says, Through Christ you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other. And as brothers and sisters, love each other deeply with all of your heart. Let me, let me move ahead in verse 23. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scripture says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God, the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. You say you have no hope, and I'm saying some of the things that we focus on are hopeless. Really, sometimes we say we have hope, and we're saying I have goals, or I have ambitions, and that is good. But everything doesn't always work out the way we want it to. So yesterday I spent several minutes on the phone with my niece who's in the hospital. So I'm watching Ohio State play while my niece is in Ohio State Hospital fighting leukemia. She wasn't planning on being in the hospital. Did you hear what I'm saying? I I know too many stories. You know, houses burn, cars break down, stuff happens. And sometimes, somehow we need to maintain hope. Perhaps maybe you're living your life this way. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. And I think that's a good idea. Somebody cross your fingers. Because some of us don't even know what that means. And the early, early Christians crossed their fingers as a sign of their hope was in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they would look at each other and say, I got my fingers crossed. And everybody knew what they were saying was, my hope is in Jesus Christ. Somebody cross your fingers and say, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. You see, as we enter this holy season, my hope is in the grace of God. My hope is in the Holy Spirit who will empower me to live a life that is righteous. My hope is not in this world and its affirmations of me. My hope is in Jesus who has redeemed me and died for me, rose again, and is coming back again for me. And and, and finally, our hope is in the word of God. But the word of God stands forever and this is the word that was preached to you. Anybody love preaching? Anybody need the preached word of God? The word of God is so powerful. John chapter 1 verse 14. The word of God is so powerful. This is what the word is. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the Christmas story is written in John. Did you know that? He doesn't talk about mangers. He doesn't talk about wise men. He said in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. He's talking about Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his 
glory. We have seen his power. Please don't get the wrong idea. I'm not saying you shouldn't be positive. I'm not saying that in this life and in the life to come that you should not uh, be positive. But I'm saying God's word is the only thing that's truly dependable. You say, well, I'm not sure about it. I don't even read it. Listen, stay in the word of God. Believe the word of God. You can only depend upon the living word of God. Peter gives us a description in 1 Peter chapter 2 of the living hope. He says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. And like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you've tasted that the Lord is good. Now rid yourself of all deceit and malice and hypocrisy. Get the unforgiveness and the bitterness, all that mess out of your life. You say, well I can't. That's because you're drinking everything from this world and all the messages of this world. Crave the word of the living God. You listen to me. You think you're going to have all the world's greatest Christmas, but you're still living in anger. And you're still living in bitterness. And you say, well, if what happened to you, happened to me, happened to you, you'd feel the same way. Baby, you don't know everything that's happened to me. Can I, can I quote Wevel? You don't know my story. As much as I preach, the pain, the the things that I've endured, let me tell you, I'm standing alive in this pulpit today because of the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. The Word of God is filled with all kinds of truth and promises. How many would like to taste the Word of God today? You want to taste the Word of God? How many want to taste it? Anybody? I mean, if you had in your hand and you walked in the morning, there was a big cup. It was called the Word of God. And when you drank it, it was like... Man, that's just, you would want it cold so you could suck it all down really fast. Like a baby nursing her from her mama. Just that idea. Lord, I just want to fill my life with the nutrition of your word. And you say, well, why can't I do it? You're, you're struggling with the word of God because of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. That's why I'm struggling. So I'm going to forgive everybody that hurt me. I'm going to release individuals. And I'm going to say, if Jesus forgave me, I can forgive anyone. Praise God. Now I can take his promise. Why aren't the promises being fulfilled in my life? Because the promises are connected to his word and you can't, you, it's, like, it's, it's like you're sucking the word of God through a two before. You can't do it. It's like, how can I drink through a brick? It's like this, this mess that's in your life. And God is saying, I want, I have promises for you. I have blessings for you. I have healing for you. I have provision for you. I have more gifts than you can ever put under a tree. But rid yourself. Somebody say, rid yourself. Rid yourself. Forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive your mama. Forgive your papa. Your brother, your sister. Forgive that teacher. Forgive that individual. That neighbor. Forgive that co-worker. Forgive that person. Forgive them. Release them by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then receive the word of God like a baby that knows if I can just drink this, all of the blessing that's in mama is now going to fill my life. Amen. Amen. 
Anybody receive that? All of the blessing from heaven. Let me give you a few scriptures. First Peter 1 and 4. Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Share his divine nature. Say it. Share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. The world's corruption is caused by... You feel how you're just drinking this? How many want blessing? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Are you drinking that better now that you're walking in forgiveness? Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and, and, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Tell somebody, you can have rest, rest for your souls. In Isaiah 40, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths become weary and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Philippians 4.19 And my God, read it, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Anybody need the word of God? Come on, drink it. Come on, drink the word. Drink the word. Receive nutrition from the word. James chapter 5. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And, he ha and, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. What am I reading to you? What am I reading? The word of God. What is it? It's nutrition. It's health. It's where your hope comes from. Amen. Philippians 4 and 8. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received of me from, or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, the God of what? Peace. Will beware. He will be with you. Can I give you another scripture? First Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he... Okay, I got to read more. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death or life or angels or demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow or even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. No, read another, Pastor. Go ahead, read, read more. First, uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Counselor, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Don't be hopeless. My peace I've given to you. Romans 10 and 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, saved delivered, rescued, made whole. Saved, delivered, rescued, made whole. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. These are scriptures of hope. Somebody shout hope. Hope. Yes, you have hope.
just out of the scriptures that I've read, you should have hope for your marriage. Come on, you should have hope for your home. You should have hope for your children. Come on, it's wrapped in the hope of Jesus. It's wrapped in your hope for Jesus. Yes, for your finance, for your family. It, It is predicated on your hope in Jesus. And what about eternity in this world? What does God's word say about that? Here's here's your hope. The world is going to fade away like grass. But a trumpet is going to sound. Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Yeah, one more. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Trumpet. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Everybody stand with me. Come on, let's give thanks to God for his word. Here's what's going to happen. About lunchtime today, you're going to think, I'm just not that hungry. And you're going to wonder why. And it's because you've eaten so much this morning. Did anybody hear what I said? What are we eating? What are we drinking? The Word of God. Folks, a Bible verse a day is not enough for me. One prayer is not enough for me. I need to receive the Word of God. I need to be filled with the Word of God. I believe it was, I believe the first time I heard anybody give a speech with this name was like Jesse Jackson. Jackson. 90s, he gave a speech called Keep Hope Alive. The whole time I heard him give that speech, I thought, man, I'd like to give a speech like that. I just did. Somebody say, Keep Hope Alive. The only way you can keep hope alive is to establish yourself on Jesus Christ and His Word. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Say it. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Say it. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm not your counselor. I'm your teacher. I'm your pastor. And I want you to begin this season to focus on those things which can truly give you hope. Because the fact is, it's not only this season, one of the most beautiful seasons for many people, it is the most hopeless season. I deal with more people during this season who are struggling with anxiety and depression than at any other time of the year. But then I hear people say things, oh, I just love Christmas just love celebrating people that do not even know my Lord and Savior Jesus. 
this is our opportunity to perpetuate the message of the hope of Christ. But how can you give something that you have not received? We're going to pray for you now. My prayer team is going to come and gather. All of those that will come and serve, come and serve. Bow your heads, everyone. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of hopelessness. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I speak directly to hopelessness. I speak to alienation. I speak to powerlessness. I, I speak to it and I say you have no authority over the people in this room. I come in Jesus' name against the powers of hell and darkness that have somehow diluted this season of Advent. We resist it and we hold on to the precious hope that Jesus who came and died is also alive and is returning one day. Our hope is not in this world or the things of this world. Our hope is in you, Jesus. And so we put our trust fully in you and completely in you. In this house, Lord, there are those who are struggling with hopelessness, those who are struggling greatly. And today, Lord, we choose to put our hope in Christ, to lay hands on those who might be sick and let them be healed, to touch those who are living in conflict and see healing come to their life in the name of Christ Jesus. Just stay in that posture for a moment. Who of you are struggling with hopelessness? Come on, wave at me right now. You've been struggling with a lack of hope. Yeah, you're just struggling heavily with a lack of hope. How many are struggling with anxiety and difficulties during this particular season? And you know as you look forward to the days ahead that it could only increase. If it's like it was last year, how many need to be touched by the hope of heaven today? I want those of you who need prayer, I want you to run to the front of this house. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to hesitate. One of the promises of God is that we can lay hands on those who are struggling, those who are sick, those who are afflicted, and be healed. Don't mess with me. Just come on down as the music is playing. Come on down so that we can pray with you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for hope. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the possibility of freedom in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your promise. And now, Lord Jesus, as we continue in the season, we leave this place with your word. We leave this place with hope. We pray, Father, that you would bless every home, every family, every individual in this house. As they surrender themselves to you. As they release all malice, all hypocrisy, all deceit. And they trust in you, our coming Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, you can pray for one another. This altar is going to stay open for anybody that needs help, for anybody who needs prayer. We'll pray with you. Come whenever you choose. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you.